chapter 5, if you want to know where the story I'm going to tell today comes from, uh, it'll be 2 Kings chapter 5, and I'll pull a few other scriptures, Romans, from the book of Romans, but I want to preach today under this title, Remedy, Remedy for Hopelessness, Remedy for Hopelessness. Now, how many of us will admit, not by raising our hand, but we will admit uh, to ourselves that sometimes there has been a point where we found ourselves in a place of despair. We feel like there is hopelessness. Um, we feel like there's nothing to hope for. We have to shake ourselves and get ourselves uh, out of that. Well, I want to preach today about the remedy of that hopelessness and the remedy for your situation if you don't get anything else out of my message today, your situation is not more money, it's not more opportunities, it's not more of what the world offers, it's not any of those things. The situation that you're facing, the answer that you need, and the remedy that you need is only found in Jesus Christ. And I know sometimes we look at that and we, or we hear that and we say, well, you don't understand what I'm facing no, I understand what you're facing. You don't understand the God that we're calling his name. That's what it is. There is a remedy for hopelessness in this world, and it is Jesus Christ, and that's it. That's all there is. Every other machination, every other scheme, every other design that's developed in this world, it is not going to solve any of the problems, whether it's on the world stage or in our lives. The only option is Jesus Christ. He is God manifest in the flesh, and he is the remedy today. Amen. So the story of Naaman. Naaman was a commander, and on one particular day, Naaman wakes up to find that something is a little bit off in his life. He's experiencing some pain, some discomfort, and he notices some things about his skin. Uh, all of us, as we age, I think we, we come to certain points where we notice a little bit of changes. Some things happen. And we start thinking, well, what is that? That wasn't there yesterday, or I didn't notice this, this last week. Uh, and sometimes we can become very concerned. We look at things and we say, well, I need to get that checked out. And uh, or, you know, if we make the mistake of ignoring it, sometimes we'll get further down the road and the problem gets more persistent, more of a problem, and then we go get it checked out. And we find out there was something serious that we should have had inspected a long time ago. Naaman had one of those days. He woke up and there on his body there was something, a lesion he was not used to seeing. And so he started seeking out Council. He started going and seeing doctors and professor, professionals and every other person. This, what the Bible says, was a great man. Naaman was a great man, an honorable man, um, a commander of the king's army in Syria. He finds out that he has leprosy. Now, leprosy is a death sentence in that day. It was not something, uh, you know, now they've become really, really good at treating cancer. And whenever you go to the doctor, they'll tell you, well, this is, you know, this cancer here, there's a good chance a lot of people live 
from this. Leprosy was not like that. When you got leprosy, it was pretty much everyone wanted nothing to do with you to put you away, put you in a city by yourself with other lepers because you were going to die. It was a very hopeless situation. There was no opportunity for getting this problem fixed and straightened out. It was going to persist and you were going to see yourself slowly die. And others that would stick around would watch you slowly die. So Naaman woke up on this particular day to a death sentence. That's what Naaman received. Physicians tell him there's no cure. We can't help you. So Naaman, as great a man as he was, finds himself in a hopeless situation. He finds himself where there are no answers to be found. He finds himself unable to do anything about his situation. Naaman was a great man. He was a high place in Syria. As a matter of fact, he would have been considered part of the line of possible people who would ascend to the throne if something were to happen. This great man, This honorable man, this man who had people that whenever he commanded them to do something, they would jump and hop to and would go and would do. This great man, the lowest person in Syria, in that moment would not change places with him. They would not want to change skin with him because he had a death sentence. Think about the gloom that Naaman must have felt in that moment of just knowing there's nothing I can do. Maybe he had known someone that was in a situation where they found out they had leprosy and their life ended with that. They were a leper. Naaman may have thought of people that had been in his command that found out they were lepers. And they lost their career, they lost their homes, they lost everything. They were put out into the leper colony because of leprosy. Now in scripture, leprosy is compared always to sin. Uh, Not because leprosy is just like sin, but God when he was trying to put uh, emphasis on the, the destruction of sin and what sin does in a life, He looked around and he saw this disease, leprosy, and he said, if if I can get them to understand that because there's nothing you can do about leprosy, it is just a death sentence. Once someone finds they have leprosy, there's nothing they can do about it. Now, we're not familiar with this sickness in our country because we don't see it rampantly. We don't see people suffering for it, but the Lord... Whenever he looked, he said, if I can get them to understand, this is what sin is like. When sin is in your life, sin is a death sentence. It is destruction. 
And so in a way, in a sense, every one of us should in some form, if we don't know Jesus Christ, we are living in a state of hopelessness because this is the only remedy for sin is Jesus Christ. Romans 3.10 says, It is written, There is none righteous, no, not one. Romans 3.23 goes on, says, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Naaman looks at his hands and he sees leprosy. But if you look at your hands, you would see sin. And we can do everything we want to do about it. We can hide those hands. We can put gloves on. We can cover them up. Just like Naaman, he could hide his hands. He could hide his face. He could hide the appendages that were missing. And he could put on as long as he could. He could conceal it. But it was coming to a day where he could not conceal it any longer. And as he got closer to that day, he got more desperate. And he started checking with doctors. Maybe this doctor over here, I've heard they're really good. Maybe Maybe they can do something. He started even going and and searching out odd ways to fix his issue and fix his problem. That's what sin does to us. It'll take us to a place where we search for almost anything that will solve it. I think of the person who is in bondage to the flesh and to sexual desire, and they, they will do anything. They're willing to pay prostitutes. They're willing to meet people who are strangers and ultimately they end up finding out that because of their action they're exposed to a disease what sends a person to do that this desperation to fulfill something in their life you consider that Naaman was in this place where he had no hope and he's trying to do anything and everything he can to find and satisfy and feel alive because of leprosy. And every worldly counselor they went to, every doctor, they said, There's no hope. There's nothing we can do. We can't solve this problem. And that's just like our world. You think about so many things and issues we face today and sins that grip people's lives. Put a band aid over it, we try to counsel people out of it. We try to help people understand why. The world can't solve the problems of sin. Can't solve the problems of sexual sin. Can't solve the problems of gender confusion. Can't solve the problems of hate. Can't solve the problems of families that break up and leave damage and destruction behind them. Cannot solve the problems. There just is no answer. There's no cure for immorality and there's no cure for unholiness. There's no cure. The end result is clear. Romans 6.23, it tells us, For the wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 5.12 Therefore, just as though one man through one man sin entered the world and death through sin and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. All have sinned. Every one of us. 
It says we're dead in our trespasses in sin, that the wages of sin is death. And there is no remedy, there is no satisfaction in our world for that except through Jesus Christ. That's what Paul was writing. He was saying the only answer for this issue is Jesus Christ. So you have Naaman, the the unclean, the leper, is going to die. And scripture tells us that an unnamed servant girl, a girl who was not even worth mentioning her name, says, you know, I think I know someone. I know a God. And I know a man of God. I know a prophet that if we'll go, he he can have an answer. He knows God. And so Naaman goes. And the prophet tells him, If you'll go dip seven times in Jordan, your issue will be fixed. Now, this was not the answer that Naaman wanted to hear. Jordan, the Jordan River was not a clean river. It was a mess. It was not what he wanted to hear. This commander of the king's army, this man in a high place and a high status, he was expecting something a little more elaborate, a little more for his station in life. And it's amazing to me sometimes how people will reject God's direction because they just feel like it's a little bit, little bit below them. It's a little bit too simple. It's a little bit too simplified for their particular issue. Because that's what Naaman had to think. How is this going to help me? I'm a leper. I'm already unclean. I don't need to get in dirty water. The girl, the servants that were with him, they encouraged him. You came all this way. Why don't you just try it? And I want to say that today to someone. Why don't you just try? You've tried everything else. Nothing else has remedied anything. Nothing else has satisfied anything. Why don't you just try Jesus Christ and see what he can do in your life? So he dips seven times just as the prophet had said. And that seventh time, when he comes up, his flesh is brand new. Flesh like the flesh of a young child. We spend a lot of money and time pursuit on youth. Naaman, all he had to do was dip seven times in a dirty river. And he got it. The answer for your sin The answer for your situation, the remedy that you're seeking is only found in Jesus Christ. It's only found in God. And how do you get to God? Through Jesus Christ. That's how. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 4. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He died for the remedy. He died and became the remedy for all of the world's problems, all of your and my situations that we find ourselves in that are hopeless. Verse 4, and he was buried that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. John 10 and 10 says this, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and destroy. I have come 
that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Jesus Christ came not just to remedy your sin, but He also came so that abundantly you could live. That's why He came. And living outside of that relationship with Jesus Christ is not living at all. It's just hopelessness. So hope is in Jesus only. And Jesus said to him, in verse four, John 14 and 6, said to the disciples, they asked him, where was he? Where was he going? What way did he take? Jesus replied to them was, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to me, comes to the Father except through me. God provided a remedy in Jesus Christ for all sin. The leprosy of our age, the hopelessness, of our world. God provided a way through Jesus Christ. I'm thinking about the woman who was found committing adultery and she was condemned to die. There was no hope for her. There was no way out. The law said specifically she needed to die and she was condemned to die. Just like every one of us, the law says we should die and we are condemned to die. But Jesus, Jesus was there and Jesus made a way. He said, he that is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And everyone suddenly starts to dissipate and disappear because they all knew that every one of them had sinned in their own way. But he looks at her and he doesn't say, okay, you're free to go. He says to her, go and sin no more. What does that represent? It represents a life change. Don't go back to doing exactly what you were doing before. And that's exactly how Jesus works and operates. Whenever he steps into your hopeless situation, he doesn't say, there, I fixed it. Now just go on and keep doing what you want to do. He says, no, go and don't do that anymore. Stay away from it. Escape the sin I've delivered you from. Escape the hopelessness I've delivered you from. The answer to your hopeless life, is Jesus. The answer to your sin is Jesus. The answer to the situation you find yourself in is Jesus Christ. The world can't help you. Doctors, you're facing sickness. Doctors, maybe they're saying we've done everything we can. There is a God in heaven who has made a way through Jesus Christ. You say, well, I, I don't know what to do. I can tell you what to do. It's so simple that so many people believe it's below their station in life. It's as simple as just calling on his name and praying, Jesus this is my plight. This is where I've gotten my life to. This is where my hopeless situation is at. And you call on his name and say, Jesus, I need your help. See, what we don't like is we don't, we don't like calling for help. We, we are a nation of people who love to do it ourselves. We love this independence. We love this strength that we have. For many people, that pride of self will be what keeps them from getting a hold of the promise that God has for their life. 
It'll be the thing that keeps them from experiencing the freedom that they've wanted their entire life. And they've tried everything else to satisfy and break the chains that bind them. But it's that simple. Calling on the name of Jesus. And when you call on the name of Jesus and you begin to repent of your lifestyle and your sins and the hopeless situation you find yourself in, the Spirit of God will move in and you'll begin to feel the presence of the Lord. And all of a sudden, just like on the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts chapter 2, that Spirit, as it fills your life up, you'll begin to speak in other tongues, language you do not know. You just trust God. This is God working. This is Jesus Christ working and reconciling us to himself. There is a remedy for your hopelessness. I wonder if we could stand together. We're going to take a moment and turn this whole sanctuary into an altar call. If you're watching from home, why don't you take a moment, turn your living room or your family room into a place of prayer. I feel like God wants to speak to someone in their hopeless situation. He has a remedy for you, sir. He has a remedy for you, ma'am. There's a remedy for your hopelessness. Jesus Christ is that remedy. I want to challenge you to call on his name right now. Let him respond to that call. Trust him in Jesus' name. Lord, you see every person here. You see every person at home. And I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that your spirit would move in, would minister in a mighty way. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Take a moment and pray. Seek the presence of the Lord.